On today's episode of Smart Talk, I'm joined by Eddie Lack, former NHL goaltender and now goalie coach at Arizona State University. Thank you so much for joining me, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So how has the transition gone from you being an NHL goaltender to a goalie coach at the NCAA level? Eh, I think it's been going pretty pretty. Pretty well. It's fun to work with these kids and, and, and see the potential and just like try, try to help in any way that I can. Right. I think I have a little bit of uh, experience at least to, to like share. So <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. And with the pandemic, has most of your coaching been in person or, or on zoom or WebEx? No, it's more, it's mostly been, well, everything of it has been in person, I guess. Uh, we've just, uh, uh, the only part that's been hard with the pandemic is was last, last year, the team was just on the road uh, for every single game of the season. So uh, that was the hardest part because I couldn't travel with the team and everything. So, so yeah. That was the only thing that changed, but other than that, I've just been been uh, at the rink here with the team all the time. So when you were evaluating goaltenders, you know, and you know, and potential NCAA goaltenders, what are some of the characteristics that you that you look at? Um, you know, when you know when you were trying to figure out which goaltender you want to add to your program. Uh, I look at a few things. I mean, obviously, we look at the the technical aspect and just seeing how well they move and like where they want to play in the crease. Does it fit where our style of defending? But uh, the biggest thing that I just want, I just want to work with good, good, hardworking people. And I think when you get that, uh, you can just do a lot or just that, right? Like I, I, I really want people that want to get to the next level. And that's kind of what I look at. I want goalies with like NHL potential, right? Yep. Recently with goaltending prospects, I've noticed that a lot more goaltenders are opting to utilize RVH over VH. Um, you know what? You know what is your take in terms of you know, um, you know the you know the goaltender uh, post security um, t- techniques. You know, do you prefer your goaltenders, uh, you know, using RVH and VH interchangeably, or do you prefer to use one or the other? I don't think we have to choose. Uh, I'm kind of with the. With the program that 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 a goalie can use whatever he feels comfortable with, I don't really have a say in reverse VH or VH. Like I, I think both can be really good at different times in the game, and and uh, what we're seeing now in the NHL and everything, I kind of feel that some goalies just overuse the RVH uh, when 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 
in a situation that the VH would still be very successful, right? So uh, I, I like kind of hybrid goalies that can use both and like don't, don't go down too early. You know, you mentioned that, you know, goaltenders are using um, RVH, um, you know, quite a bit in situations where they probably shouldn't be using RVH. You know, can you, you know, do you mind speaking to why, you know, dropping into an RVH, um, you, you know, when, you know, when uh, goaltending, sorry, when goaltending in observing um, play from the corner might not be the greatest strategy in terms of, um, post security. Yeah, I just think that uh, when you drop too early in the RVH, you can't just open up the court cor- corner, right? And and uh, the biggest thing with it, I think, is to be pa- patient with it and understand that that's a tool that you can use and there's a time and place for it, but it's not uh, the only safe selection out there because uh, then I think you become a little bit more predictable, I guess. And, and, and uh, uh, you open up the top corner a little bit too soon. I also wanted to bring up skating. I know that skating for goaltenders oftentimes gets very, very, much overlooked um you know do you mind explaining you know what are you know what are the uh, key characteristics in goaltender skating um you know that are you know that are crucial when evaluating goaltenders yeah so i look a lot at puck tracking and when 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 we talk about puck tracking a lot of People just think like how good you are at tracking the puck when it's coming at you as a save, right? But I also look a lot at puck at puck tracking when it goes in the zone and how you track it to get your skating there, right? So uh, a lot of times what I see is is when you don't track the puck properly when it's like a diagonal pass. Uh, you more get there more on your heels and you're a little bit more standing up. And I feel that it takes a little bit longer time to get from position A to position B when you don't track properly. I feel that when everything starts with your head and everything is like forward and you're trying to make the save in front of you instead of um, behind you, so, so to say, that... That's kind of what I look for in in uh, uh, skating as well, because when the head's there and the head's move, move, moving first, uh, I feel like the skating comes there a little bit automatically as well. When it comes to goaltenders, most goaltenders, you know, in this day and age, are left-handed, um, you know, but we have seen you know, a few full right goaltenders, which means, you know, that they catch, um, you know, that they catch with their right hand. And that does seem to be pretty obscure these days. Um, but we did see, you know, Yaroslav Oskarov um, get taken in the uh, 2020 
NHL draft, um, who is a full right goaltender. Um, and I wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts on full right goaltenders and, you know, maybe, you know, and maybe touch on some challenges that they, you know, that they might have because they are um, catching with their right hand. And I don't know, like I, I, I uh, know that there is obviously more left goaltenders and everything out there. I don't really like think that it's anything net negative or positive when you glove right i just think that it's more of a uh, preference right and 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 uh, i play with a ton of really good glove right goalies and i play with with like even more good left glove goalies right so i just like i don't really have an opinion on it like i I think that it uh, that you can do very well with both. And Eddie, my last question for you is: Can quickness be addressed? You know, if a goaltender is a little bit slow when um, shifting from side to side, or you know, or dropping into the butterfly, are there are there ways to get around? Um, you know, being uh, a slightly slower goaltender. Yeah, of course. Like, like speed and 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 strength and every and everything can be approved on, and it can happen pretty fast. It, I wasn't the fastest goalie out there, so I kind of adjust my game towards it. So I played a little bit deeper in the paint when I played, and 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 uh, knew that I wasn't the best skater. So I played played a little bit deeper. Gave myself a little bit more, more, more time to read the play, right? And I just think that that worked really well for me. And I want to thank Eddie so much for for joining us on this episode of Smart Talk. You can follow Eddie um, at Eddie Lack, E D D I E L A C K on Twitter. Next up, you will be hearing my interview with. Brad Elliott Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald. On this episode of Smart Talk, I'm joined by Brad Elliott Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald. Thank you so much for joining, Brad. Of course. Anytime. Brad, so I wanted to ask you about Jake Sanderson. Um, you know, and I know a lot of uh, Ottawa Sanders fans are going to be eager to hear, um, you know, what you have to say. Um, but, you know, what is... You know, what do you think is the timeline for Jake Sanderson? You know, is Jake Sanderson, you know, ready for uh, the AHL or the NHL next season? You know, or, you know, or is the collegiate path for Jake Sanderson um, going to extend past the, the season? Uh, do you mind talking to that? Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> I think the, when he came back this season, um, UND was lucky to get him back for this year. Let's be honest. I, I mean, he was, uh, really good last year, especially at the very end. He, he started taking over games and he was the best player in the conference by the end of the last year. And, and I, I don't think anyone was particularly close. Um, so UND got lucky to get another year out of him. I think it's going to benefit him a lot too. You know, we've seen a lot of players that have come back for that extra year have just been so much more ready to make the jump to the NHL. And I would anticipate, you know, he'll be playing in the NHL whenever 
uh, North Dakota season ends. And, you know, he, he, he's been off to a solid start this year. He's about a point a game, if not exactly a point a game. Um, there have been times I think he tried to do too much. Uh, he, he tried to win the game every shift. And I think the last, um, last week, and especially in the Denver sweep, he, he really played within himself. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's the style of game he'll play going forward, but he's certainly a guy that can create space. He's an outstanding skater, very smart player, great at breaking the puck out of his own end, great at defending off the rush. He can kind of just do a little bit of everything. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's going to be an impact player in college hockey all year long. You know, and Jake Sanderson is not the only um, Ottawa Senators prospect, um, you know, on sorry, on this North Dakota team, um, you know, and especially in the defensive zone. What are your um, thoughts on Tyler Clevin and how is his development going? Yeah, I, I, he's uh, another really good player. He's uh, a different player than Sanderson. I think when you see him, the thing that everyone that jumps off the page to everyone is his physicality. He's big. Um, he, he's a guy who can take players off their skates with hits because he's so strong. Uh, I remember I covered him even way back in high school because he's a North Dakota high school player. And he'd be this <laughs> sophomore who's just a, a beanpole, just skinny dubber. <laughs> and guys would take runs at him. I remember specifically one senior that took a run at him. And Clavin didn't see it coming. And I was like, oh, no, he's about to get blown up. <laughs> I hit him and just dropped. And yeah. Clevin was kind of like, oh, wait, wait a sec. What did something just hit? You know, like he's <laughs> strong on his skates. And I think that jumps off the page. But I think it also um, masks a little bit how good he is with the puck. He, he can absolutely hammer a shot. He probably has the hardest shot on the team. Uh, goalies really struggle to control rebounds of his shots because they're just trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he does have good skill. He is a good skater. He, he's got a little bit of a longer path than Sanderson to get to the NFL, but there are so many tools there. You know, he's got the physicality, he's got size, he's got skill, he can shoot the puck. So I can see why the Senators traded up in the second round to draft him because there are so many attractive tools to work with. And North Dakota's done a great job in terms of their recruitment, um, you know, but I, I have noticed over the next few years, it's a little bit more top forward heavy, um, you know, um, versus, you know, versus also beefing up on the back end. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of um, North Dakota beefing up and adding guys like Jackson Blake, um, who is a Carolina Hurricanes prospect and Cole Spicer, um, a uh, 2022 NHL draft prospect. If, if you look at their success the past 10 years, I actually think it's been the decor that's led it. I, I think they've recruited really, really well on the back end. And that is what has uh, been the driver of their team. Um, some of their current D commits, or uh, I should rephrase that, some of their current defensive commits. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are guys who probably do have a little bit of a longer path to college hockey. We'll see, you know, a guy like uh, Nate Benoit, who was drafted by the Wild last year. He, he's probably got some junior hockey ahead of him. So it, it all depends on how 
uh, a guy like him develops. I think everyone really likes Andrew Strathman. He's still a young guy. Um, he plays for Tri-City. It's his first year there. He just committed. He's an 05, so he's got a couple of years out. Um, but one of the things right now is that their D, you know, is still fairly young. They're mm-hmm. lose Sanderson early, and he's a sophomore. But, you know, Ethan Frisch still has two years of eligibility left. Tyler Clevins got three, even though he probably won't use all three. You know, you got Cooper Moore is only a sophomore. Um, Brent Johnson, the, the Caps pick, is only a freshman. Uh, so, so you've got a lot of young guys. So they, they don't really have a bunch of spots to fill. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, it, you know, it's entirely possible in this day and age that if those guys need an extra year junior, they can grab a transfer for a year. Chandrick's um, yeah. got two years of eligibility left, and he's been really good for them. So, so they don't need guys quite yet. Um, I, I think they really uh, want outstanding D though. I think they understand that has been the driving force behind this team's success, but you're right up front. They, that's where the headliners are. That's where, you know, Jackson Blake, uh, he's going to be a guy that comes in next year and is a really big impact guy right from the start. So you're definitely right that the the headliners are there, but I I think they, they want to have some really good D and that's an important tenant to them. And, um, you know, because these guys are a couple of years out, time will tell how, how they develop. Over the last few years, you know, we've seen the Ottawa Senators draft quite a few prospects from the North Dakota program. What do you, you know, what do you think is the, um, you know, is, you know, is the factor, um, you know, in why, you know, these, you know, the Senators have such a deep admiration um, you know, in love for the North Dakota program. Yeah, it is interesting how many that have come through there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing part of it is a little bit of a coincidence, you know, maybe they're, they really love their, uh, you know, uh, USHL scout or their <laughs> North American scout and thinks, you know, he's onto something, um, you know, but I guess then again, that doesn't explain Bernard Docker and Tyconic, who both came from Canadian Junior A to, to North Dakota. But, um, you know, and they, they did have Christian Willanen at North Dakota, and he his development was quite rapid from his freshman year to his junior year. By the end of his junior year, he was playing for the Senators. And uh, I, I don't think that the Senators are going into the draft saying, we only need to find North Dakota guys, but you know, when they look at what happened, and <laughs> I'm guessing that uh, it's not a bad thing. They say, well, Hey, this guy's going to North Dakota. We, we just had a guy who developed really well there. Um, you know, and now Shane Pinto is such a big part of their organization. Jacob Bernard Docker just signed there. Uh, and so I, I think it's uh, probably a, a, Hey, this is a really good player. And he's, going to take a development path that has been successful for our guys in the past. And in terms of the national collegiate hockey conference right now, um, you know, what are, you know, what is your overall take on, um, you know, on how, you know, on how the conference standings is shaking out? 
Yeah, I, I really think this is one of the better years the league has had, which is saying something because the league's been really good the last several years and have, has had a lot of NCAA tournament teams. They've won the national championship, uh, what, like five of the last six years or something like that. Um, so it, it's been a very good conference, uh, but, you know, it, it's really deep. I, I think there are six teams at the top that are pretty close. Uh, St. Cloud State's probably going to be the favorite. Um, you know, they finished second last year in the regular season, second in the postseason, second in the national tournament, and they have like their whole team back. So th- there's no really questions about what they are. We know what they are. We saw it last year. Now they're just a year older. Um, I, I think the other programs have a little bit more questions. I, I think um, I thought Denver was going to be really, really good this year. I picked them number one preseason. My pick looked really, really good for about four games in two periods. <laughs> they uh, started the season. <laughs> they were up four to one against Providence, and then everything has fallen apart since then. And, uh, you know, maybe my mistake in picking them so high, I forgot – you know, they are young on the back end. And I think a lot of college hockey's best teams are the teams that are best on defense. Like last year, the two best teams in the country on the blue line, it was UMass and North Dakota. And UMass yeah. won the national championship and North Dakota was the best team the entire season. So, you know, I, I think that dictates a lot in college hockey. And Denver has a lot of talented guys back there, but they're so young. And so that, that's a challenge. They're really explosive up front. Um, Minnesota Duluth, they, they've exceeded my expectations so far. I thought offense would be a, a little bit of a problem for them this year, losing guys like um, Jackson Cates and Nick Sweeney and Cole Kepke. Those guys were drove so much of their offense last year. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't bring in a bunch of really big, immediate offensive drivers in their freshman class but they got Casey Gilling from Miami and some of their, you know, young guys have stepped up and made big jumps. So that puts them in the mix. Omaha, another good team coming off an NCAA appearance. Um, almost their entire team back from last year. So they should be in the mix. The one thing that was tough to tell is Omaha played like 75% of their games at home last year. Cause remember the NCAA opened their season in the pod and the pod was in yeah. Omaha. So, you know, they you know, how do you rate that? Does, did that help them last year? Did it not? There were no fans there. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. So I think that's a, a question mark that's left to play out. And, and the other team, you know, that's you, you got to mention is Western Michigan. They're uh, another team that's older. They have almost all their key players back. They got fifth year seniors. They got Ronnie Adderd on D. Uh, finally, Brandon Bussey is healthy in that. Um, so you know, I think they're legit. I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team and one of the best teams in the conference. And so um, Western, definitely a team to watch out for too. Brad, you, you touched on UMass for a second. And I wanted to ask you about um, Scott Morrow, um, another Carolina Hurricanes prospect, um, you know, as you know, as we talked about Jackson Blake earlier, um, you know, who was previously committed to the North Dakota program um, and then decommitted and then ended up at UMass. And um, and it seemed like Brent Johnson took his place. Do you, you know, do you know what led to, um, you know, do you know what led to the changing of the guard? Yeah. 
I, I think it was just uh, Johnson had the, you know, an extra year junior under his belt and, um, you know, Morrow, uh, you know, I think he planned to play junior this year and he decided uh, not or not to. And then, um, you know, North Dakota still wanted them to play a year of junior and he uh, decided he was going to go elsewhere. And so I think uh, they moved on and just went with Brent Johnson and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's here now. And, um, but yeah, so I, I think it just came down to, you know, he had played a year at junior and, um, they decided he was a better fit for the, the program as a whole. Brad, thank you so much for joining, uh, Smart Talk. Um, do you mind letting listeners know where they could find your work? Yeah, uh, grandforksherald.com is our website, at GF is my Twitter handle. And uh, yeah, I, that's uh, about where to find me. So Great, and thank you, Brad. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Smart Talk. Um, just a heads up, we will be having um, at least one more episode um, for November. Stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll feature a conversation that I had with Austin Brass, um, the Smart Scouting uh, North American Crossover Scout, as well as a interview with Tommy Enroth, a scout for the SHL Club Frolunda.